0: Shalom Mishbucha, Shalom family. Mishbucha is a Hebrew word. It means family, and we're the Mishbucha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non Jewish people, where the the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishbucha, to blow the grandest shofar, or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, one of the things that is so frequently mentioned to me is I have dreams, lots of them, but I got to the point where they're all symbolic and I don't know what they mean and I don't want to guess. And then we have other people that say, I'm just not sure whether I'm hearing God's voice or not, or I don't hear God's voice. So I've really been looking forward to interviewing Laura Harris-Smith. And uh, Laura, I love the title of your book, Seeing the Voice of God. You kind of do a double take on that. (laughs) Uh, But uh, how in the world did you get into helping believers Understand their dreams, hear the voice of God. How'd that happen?
1: Well, I—I oh, I guess it was about twenty years ago. Um, I was freshly baptized in the Holy Spirit, and um, I was going through a, a season in life that I think is common to most people—that you um, you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, or you think that you're not, and
0: you know you're you're
1: in a spiritual. Like a hearing drought of sorts, and so basically what happened was my husband had he had stepped out of a, a very lucrative job to move into ministry, and we had five children at the time, and we we needed a word from God on where we were going to go from there. We thought we knew, we had tried that out, nothing was succeeding, and we doubted ourselves and him and, and everything else and so you know I began to notice on bookstore shelves all these books entitled, you know, when God is silent or, or what to do when God is silent. And it just grieved me. I thought, how can God have a mute button? How can he really withhold communication from his children? And so I got on my knees that night, Sid, and I just said, Lord, I have to have a word from you. You must speak to me. And I finally heard something and it was the oddest phrase. It was five days, five days. And instantly, he downloaded this plan into me to uh, get away for five days and read the Bible in five days. My father had a prayer cabin. He opened his doors to it for me to just come down there. My husband graciously took care of the five kids. And um, I read through the Bible, not to study Greek or Hebrew, you know, chew on anything, but just to answer the question, is God ever silent? And, Sid, I never found one verse saying that he's silent. I found plenty of verses like, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me, Uh, but none indicating that God wanted to be silent. And so what that made me do was it set me on a quest to discover why we sometimes can't hear him if he's always talking. And the first thing that happened was I noticed he began to bypass my ears and go straight for my eyes. Uh, I started having dreams and visions and and really seeing the voice of God.
0: Uh, You know what's kind of interesting? I recently interviewed Randy Clark, and he operates on what is called in the Bible, words of knowledge. But he went out to Africa. And the Christians there explained they got most of their information through their dreams. And it's like he never even thought about it. And and now I'm reading your materials, and and you make a statement that just knocks you out, so to speak. You spend a third of your life sleeping. Now, if you spend a third of your life sleeping, look at a waste if you're not communicating with God.
1: I know. I know it's so true. And people who say, oh, I never dream. You know, that's why I wanted to include the two medical chapters, chapters four and five, uh, where I interviewed a sleep study doctor and I cited all types of, of studies on sleep and dream cycles. So yes, you are having between um, four to six REM dream cycles each night, rapid eye movement cycles. And in each one of those four to six cycles, you're having four to six dreams. So you're having somewhere between 16 and 36 dreams every single night. So yes, if you spend a third of your life in bed, then by age 75, you've you've slept for 25 years. You know, that comes out to almost a million dreams. So the question is not, why am I not dreaming? The question is, why am I not remembering my dreams? And that's why Chapter 5 is called Dream Recall, and it's why I go into uh, all the vitamins and minerals. And, you know, I interviewed some uh, or cited studies on some real experts that can give us insight into how we can better remember our dreams. There's a way to do it.
0: <laughs> now, now let me ask you a personal question. Um, okay. When I have dreams, I do remember them the minute I have them. But if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. And if I write it down, it's too much energy, and I'm afraid I won't be able to go back to sleep. Do you have any help for me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, That's good, yes. Uh, Actually, I quote Sigmund Freud in the book, which could be controversial. You know, he was Jewish by birth and atheist by choice. Uh, I can't imagine having those roots and coming to that decision point in my life. But we did agree on one thing, and that is that if you do not uh, journal or somehow process the dream immediately— after you receive it. It will eventually be added to, embellished, and changed entirely. Uh, James Gall, who wrote the foreword for my book, has this expression, Uh, stewarding revelation. (laughs) So I I swipe that all the time and say, you know, you must steward revelation well. If you do not, you're likely to lose it. Um, I would suggest for you keep a little voice recorder by the bed or maybe there's one on your phone. And, um, And I also have found that if I just keep a pen and pad by the bed, if I just lean over even in the dark and just scribble four or five of the symbols, The dream comes back to me the next morning.
0: That sounds good, because then I'll remember the dream, but I don't remember the intricate details that I would have if I had written it down.
1: Yeah, It sounds like you have uh, what a lot of people want, really detailed dreams. I
0: do. (laughs) Uh, okay, Okay. Uh, so tell me I – mean, well, that, that's a pretty interesting thing. Uh, I, I've been reading statistics about how many people are, are having insomnia, uh, either not being able to fall asleep or f- uh, wake up frequently uh, during the night. Um uh, and also people that say, I don't dream. Have people followed the vitamins and the regimen you suggest and been able to sleep better and and remember their dreams?
1: Yes, I'm so happy to say yes. And the examples that I cite in the book are not just from silly College USA. They are studies from uh, places like John Hopkins University and Mayo Clinic. And, you know, I really wanted to... In addition to that, though, um, have some personal examples. So I used myself as a guinea pig and uh, and found these you know re- the research to be true. And then, yes, I am finally starting to hear testimonies, uh, even reading some of the reviews online um, of people who tried this these specific regimens and are remembering their dreams and so (laughs) i'm wiping my brow and saying thank you lord it truly is uh it's a fact if we take care of our bodies if we use the things that god created on day three of creation because i also go into the essential oils and uh, herbal teas you can take and that type of thing then you know we'll be our healthiest and we'll sleep our best
0: I I have to believe that your conclusion is correct because that's my conclusion from the Bible and that is God's great desire is to communicate with us. Um what what would you say is the major reason that people have discounted their dreams and say I never hear from God?
1: <laughs> well, you know Job 33 starting in verse 14 says for God may speak in one way or in another Yet man does not perceive it in a dream and a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men, when slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. But those words right there in the middle, man does not perceive it. Those are the saddest verses amongst the saddest in the entire Bible to me, to think that God is trying to talk to you. Or back up a minute. You're begging God to talk to you. He talks to you. And then you can't take yes for an answer. <laughs> you know, it's like he's trying to communicate to you. And, and I want to add emphatically right here that dreams and visions are not a gift of the Spirit. They're not a badge of maturity or arrival. They are mere communication with God. And communication with God is the birthright of every believer,
0: well, I have to believe where we are in history because I—I I had a dream in which I was told three times Jesus is returning soon. So, I mean, if there's ever been a time to hear God, it has to be now.
1: Mm, mm, absolutely, and you know, our ears get clogged for so many different reasons, and I do go into those in the book. I actually start out—I think it's chapter eight—by saying, um, you know, I'd be a bad friend if I spent. Uh, I'd I'd say something like, we've spent about 40,000 words thus far discussing your eyes. That's about 20,000 per eye. And I'd be a bad friend, though, if I didn't discuss your hearing, your spiritual hearing, and why you're not hearing God. So it is definitely um, a relevant topic. I told you in the very beginning story about how when I needed to hear God and I got away and solved that question in my mind about how He's never silent, then He began giving me dreams and visions. But look at what... Look at what else happened to me, and it's common. It happens to many people because we just read it in Job 33. It says he speaks in through those dreams and visions, and then it says then he opens the ears of, a men, of men. So see, sometimes, and this is what happened to me, I started having all the dreams and visions, and then my daytime ears got opened too. So he speaks through dreams and visions. If we'll perceive it, it not only helps us to receive communication from him uh, when we're sleeping, but then as we awake, our ears have become opened, too. It's just, it's just win-win. But,
0: but, but you know what I believe? I believe that you have, when someone uh, has a victory in an area in the Spirit— they then can pray for other people. And you have you have prayed so many impartations over the three C D set a we call twenty twenty hearing, and then your book, Seeing the Voice of God and the DVD Ten of the Most Frequently Asked Questions on Dreams and Visions. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, when someone finishes this entire series and and starts Asking God for dreams uh, and starts following. I mean, you even have a dream dictionary of a thousand symbols. Oh, we're, we're we're out of time. I want to make this entire package available to you for a gift of forty five dollars. Call our order only line one 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Now, my guest, Laura Harris-Smith, had a quote that we spend a third of our life in bed. Uh, A 60-year-old has been asleep for 20 years, and uh, Laura, I I believe— that that's probably the most open we are in a 24-hour period to give God our undivided attention when we're asleep. Uh, Tell me what you think.
1: Oh, I definitely agree with that. This society is so action-packed and, you know, going and coming and hardly sitting down. I'm not just describing the world and the lost. I'm describing Christians. Um, And so, yes, God you know, is always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us, he says in scripture. And so he doesn't just tuck us in and go minister to people in other time zones. He, he wants to be with us. Um, I, I usually put it like this concisely. He is father, son, and Holy spirit. He's Trinity and we're made in his image. Uh, we are three parts as well. And it says, you know, in scripture that, um, uh, that God, the Lord who guards Israel, he never sleeps or slumbers. We know that God never sleeps or slumbers. So obviously we do, but what part of us does? It's our body and our minds that sleep, but our heart, our spirit is awake all night long. That's why it's encouraging for people who, let's say they have a family member who's gotten off into false doctrine or they call themselves an agnostic by day. Listen, when they're sleeping, their spirit Their spirit was created by God to communicate with God. He can work on them at night. And so, you know, oftentimes, Sid, I'll go to bed and I will pray uh, the the verse from Song of Solomon, which says, you know, I sleep, but my heart is awake listening for the voice of my beloved.
0: So as you put it, and as Scripture puts it, uh, our body goes to sleep, but our spirit is awake 24-7. Is that what you're saying?
1: It sure is. I believe it, uh, and I know that God would not waste so much time. We spend an equivalent of 122 days per year sleeping. And I just have a really hard time that, that you know, the God who said, I will never leave you or forsake you is going to leave you just because you go to sleep. I mean, he is much bigger than that. You know, he created the moon and the stars and nighttime for a reason. It wasn't just an afterthought. It's a sacred time.
0: Now, I, I have heard of people that pray in tongues all night while they're sleeping. Uh, I'm I'm not sure I could do that. But what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know how they could do that while sleeping, but I will say that you can train your spirit. Uh, your spirit man can, you know, commune with God all night long. And yes, there's times when I've awakened from a dream. Perhaps it's something very startling, you know, in the middle of the night, um, and I'll sense uh, an evil spirit that's trying to come in with fear or something that's trying to threaten me, and you bet. I sit straight up in bed and I start praying in tongues. to get rid of it uh, because we as God's children cannot be harassed by the enemy.
0: Now, do, Now, do you just believe that your spirit man communes with God all night, or is this something you really can train your spirit man to do?
1: Well, like I said, if we truly believe, uh, you know, the Genesis story, which you see very quickly, the Trinity emerging there, when God says, let us make man in our image. So already he's saying there's, you know, this is, this is Trinitarian. And so uh, there's three parts to me, there's going to be three parts to them. So sure, when you lay down at night, it's, it's, proven, your, your body and your mind goes to sleep. But your spirit, um, I guess you could just say that in my entire life, this has, this has been my story. And I did dream before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you, once I got baptized in the Holy Spirit 20 years ago, it's been like all night at the movies, most nights. Uh, he really, yes, it's like the, the closer my spirit uh, walked with the Lord, and especially the more time I spend in prayer and um, worship, that's a huge one. My spirit man may not—you know—you sit with the Lord, you're in prayer, you don't feel like any significant thing happens, you don't, you don't maybe hear anything while you're there. You think, did I even just waste my time? My prayers just floated off into cyberspace. <laughs> but what you're doing is you're preparing your spirit man. And what I often find is that I go to bed and get the answer. Um, I was really blessed to have Cindy Jacobs endorse the book. And, uh, you know, she, on the back of the book, uh, she talked about how you can solve uh, life's most pressing issues even while you sleep. I love this book. And so we've coined the phrase, uh, solve your problems while you sleep, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because God truly does want to communicate with us there. So
0: when you go to bed on a practical basis, do you ask God questions just before you go to sleep? Or how, how do you do that?
1: Mm-hmm. I often do. You know, though, I, I, I don't see evidence in the Bible where anybody ever begged God for a dream. So I, I caution the reader to not seek the dream, but seek the dream giver. And that's the difference in, you know, Sigmund Freud and myself as well. He He talked about dreams and wrote about dreams, but he didn't know the dream giver. So we have to be very careful that we don't pursue the gift. You know, we pursue the, the giver. Um, but yes, I really do believe uh, that this is something that is available to every believer. And um, I believe that our spirit can definitely communicate with the Lord at night. But I also want to add that we definitely need to have faith uh, that when we are, you know, we need to be able to hear him as well. So I'm not trying to negate uh, one or the other. I'm saying we need to be able to hear and see the voice of God.
0: Now, you, you have a whole chapter on nutrition. Uh, out of curiosity, when you started following your own advice, what difference did it make in your dreams?
1: <laughs> well, I, I started following my own advice, I guess, when it, before it was my advice. Uh, I came through a lot of trial and error with myself many, many years ago. And then I was uh, very pleasantly surprised, I guess I shouldn't have been, but to learn that when I began studying it for the book to get actual, you know, scientific studies that had been done on this, it was everything that I was taking. I mean, the Lord had just led me right to all of this. And so I was really grateful to him. Um, I did use myself as a guinea pig during the book, uh, writing of the book, to experiment with some different vitamins and things that I read about that would alter your dreams you know because I I'll just give you one example people talk about vitamin D and how important it is you know that you uh, or that you can take it and it'll increase your dreams and I'm like whoa 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 it vitamin D is very important for your health and for many bodily functions um, but if you take, remember what vitamin D is, it's the sunshine vitamin, right? So if you take it, take the sunshine vitamin too close to bedtime, it's going to give you bizarre dreams. And I'm not trying to increase people's nonsensical, bizarre dreams. I want them to be able to do something. With- well,
0: and that's why uh, you have all these instructions in your book. Give me the best answer you have to what is God's purpose for dreams?
1: Mm. Mm to communicate with us, to get our attention when nothing else has it finally in our busy day. And I believe, Sid, that this is why the enemy comes after our sleep. He will do whatever he has to do, uh, whether it be through insomnia or apneas or injuries, uh, whatever it is, uh, stress, worry, you know, so much of our world has a massive sleep debt, I call it, Um, and they're on medications and things that really aren't even helping. In fact, they are altering their dream and sleep cycles. So, you know, we need the miracle of sleep to reenter our lives. Uh, I say it again, it's a sacred time, and that's why (laughs) I spend so much time in those two chapters, the medical chapters, um, giving you ideas uh, things you can do to get a better night's sleep. They actually let me include a section called Laura's ABCs for Z's.
0: Tell me two of uh, of the things you advise.
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, the one that, for some reason, everybody finds, and I spell them out A B C D E. I'm very practical like that. So, uh, the one that has it, uh, it's been curious to me that people are surprised at is the letter F, and it's forgive. And, you know, when you're lying down at night and you need to, uh, perhaps you're thinking through the day, you're thinking through, you're trying to find a place of peace so that you can sleep. Every single night you need to ask God, show me who I've not forgiven. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's the person laying in bed next to you. (laughs) You don't need to go to bed on your anger or as scripture says, it gives the enemy a foothold. So forgiveness is a a huge one. Um, But I will also say that it's important for you to, um, de-stress. That's letter D. And I say to, to take about five minutes before you climb into bed and really just start this wind down, you know, routine where you, you know, you dim the lights, you wash your face, whatever it is, get your own bedtime routine and ask God to help you be disciplined and make it a sacred time. Don't just fall into bed stressed out after eating a whole pizza, you know. (laughs) Really take this time of night serious, and uh, yes, ask God to speak to you there.
0: Okay, our time has slipped away, and there's so many questions I want to ask you. There's so many people uh, dealing with insomnia, so many people that don't understand their dreams. Uh, This thousand-symbol dream dictionary, uh, did you just copy someone else's? (laughs)
1: no I didn't I in fact would find uh, so much discomfort I don't really know how I would be grieved in my spirit when I would read through different uh, dream interpretation even Christian uh, books you know with dream interpretations in them and one time I went through a to a secular website that interpreted dreams just to check out what they thought on certain things and and I read that if you it said, "If you dream of biscuits, you're a woman who's not ambitious enough in your career." And I was like, "Are you kidding? Oh. This is people are making life decisions."
0: No, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're, you researched the Bible, and I know this for a thousand symbols with everything they could possibly dream. Uh, we, when we went off there, we were talking about your dream dictionary. Um, even before we get to that, would you address uh, all those questions I just raised? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, and they are widespread, whether I'm being uh, spoken to by just a person on the streets or a DJ or a television host, they, they all bring up those same ones, so they're very relevant. I would say uh, to the person who wonders if they've only had a pizza dream, I would remind them about Ezekiel and his wheels with eyes and and all of those other crazy symbols. Thank goodness that Ezekiel did not discount uh, what he saw. So a lot of times what you think is a piece of dream is actually an invitation for you to seek the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, I had a a DJ ask me yesterday, why can't God just give me a literal dream? Um, Why why does he have to be so symbolic? I don't like it when he's symbolic. And I said uh, very boldly, oh, you mean you don't like to use your faith? And he reared his head back and just laughed laughed out loud, you know, Jesus taught in parables when he was on the earth, and he's still speaking in parables today. So, uh, yes, sometimes it's a pizza dream, but more often than not, it's an invitation for you to seek God for an interpretation.
0: Tell me about the dream that you had tied in with when we asked you to be a guest on our radio and television program.
1: Yes. Well, uh, there were actually two. One morning I uh, had a waking dream that I was... Um, re- uh, excuse
0: me, what's a waking dream?
1: Okay, a waking dream is, it's just a dream that you have as soon as you awake, announcing something, it's definitely a prophetic dream. Um, it's one that sticks with you, you know, it just gnaws at you all day. Uh, as soon as you get up, it's fresh, it's right there, as if it's saying, do something with me, you know. So okay.
0: so what was that A waking dream?
1: So this was a waking dream where I saw myself big and pregnant. Now, I've had six children, so this is an analogy that God knows I will understand. <laughs> and, um, and in the dream, there was this random other person that I rarely talked to, and I thought, well, that okay, that was interesting. What under? There was no real action in the dream. It was just me big and pregnant and then this person. All right, next morning I wake up and I, uh, to a dream that I hand is knocking on a door. Now, it was not my hand, so I wasn't knocking on a door. I saw another person's hand, they were knocking on my door, and I heard the Lord say, Opportunity Knocks. And so I thought, wow, these two put together, I wonder if there is a big opportunity I'm about to give birth to. And hours later, got a call from your people Uh, to be on your program. And the interesting thing about the random person, don't ever dismiss a random symbol or person, especially in your dreams, because the person that I hardly ever communicate with emailed me that night with a question and a prayer request. And that was God's timeline. That was God's way of confirming, yes, this is the opportunity I showed you in your dream.
0: Now, when you... uh... Let's take that. Is there anything you do about it or you just have an expectancy when you have a dream such as you just described?
1: Right. Well, there's definitely expectancy and there's definitely prayer. Um, But I didn't see myself knocking on doors. And my personality is such that I would go knocking. You know, so God was very good to show me that I was just to sort of just, you know, wait and pray, Uh, definitely be expectant, but wait for the knock. So when it came, Uh, I probably, uh, you know, I'm I think I remember telling you guys about it that very day. probably blew dry your hair with the information. I was so excited (laughs) it had come to pass so fast. God is so good. You know, I didn't know you. You didn't know me. But immediately when the opportunity came, I knew it was something I was supposed to do because the Lord had gone before me with this instruction.
0: Okay, let's go back to uh, your book, which is called Seeing the Voice of God, that has uh, over a thousand symbols in the dream dictionary. Uh, You told me that you researched them from the Bible. Can you give me an example?
1: Uh, Well, sure. I'll give you a couple of examples of of ways that I had to handle this. Um, First of all, let me say that when my uh, publisher uh, heard that I wanted to do over a thousand symbols, they said, "Are are you really sure that you want to do that? And I said, oh, sure, it would be just wonderful. Nobody's ever done it before. Well, about 500 symbols into it, I thought, Jesus, what have I bitten off? I, this is really hard writing a dictionary, um, especially because I wanted each symbol to be somehow, you know, rooted in Scripture. So let's say, I'll just give you a couple of different examples. Let's say you dream about a groom, Okay. Um, well, if you're already married, you know you don't need to go get another groom. Uh, or if you're a man, you don't necessarily need a groom. But I would say, and it does say in the Dream Dictionary, that Jesus is the bridegroom. And I base that on John 3:29. But let's say that there's a symbol you dream about, a modern symbol, and it's not in Scripture. That's going to happen. Uh, so let's take a rearview mirror, for example. What I would say to that, obviously, because that's you know, not in Scripture anywhere, is I list the Scripture um, from Philippians. that talks about how, you know, forgetting that which lies behind and, uh, and reaching forward to what is ahead. And I would then offer that to the reader as a place where they can pray. So this dream dictionary is not one to confirm your feelings or say, oh, you dreamed about this because you were feeling such and such. Uh, who cares about feelings? You know, it's it's about what God is trying to say to you. So most symbols have uh, one, sometimes two, but sometimes three scripture verses so that you can, you know, as a jumping off point, so that you can say, here's the symbol I dreamed and here's the scripture I'm going to pray with as a result of that symbol.
0: What feedback are you getting from people that uh, have a dream and then look it up in the Dream Dictionary?
1: Yeah, well, let me just say that by the time I got to the breakfast table this morning, I'd already had three requests for dream interpretations, two in my own house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy I've written this book now and can just say, okay, go look in Chapter (laughs) 7. But honestly, um, it has been wonderful to even have the nature of the emails that I sometimes get for dream interpretations change. Now people aren't writing and asking me for symbols; They're writing and saying, this is the symbol and this is what it means and so guess what I did and and guess what I'm going to do and here's the decision I'm gonna make. So that's the kind of responses I'm getting so far and I'm it's a sobering thing, honestly, Sid, when I when I wrote it and I finished it. I thought this chapter, the Dream Dictionary, is what is going to keep seeing the voice of God on people's nightstands long after it's you know, they finished reading it. And that was a sobering thought to think that sleepy-eyed, you know, risers were, were going to turn over and look to this thing and make decisions with it. So it was written with much prayer, even fasting. A lot of the symbols um, were gained through the interpretation for them was gained through fasting and just years of, of study and prayer. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Probably uh, in the book, like I said, I think it's one of those things that will set it apart from the other dream interpreters.
0: Tell, tell me about, because you list so many, I never realized there were so many different types of dreams, but you not only list them, you explain them, and you even have examples of how they operated in your life. Tell me what a warning dream is.
1: Wow. Well, a warning dream is just what it sounds like. It's giving you some information you need to be aware of. I want to really... Uh, quickly just say that a warning dream is not fate. Sometimes people might be really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They might be tempted to think it's a nightmare, you know, but really it's God saying, hey, here's what the enemy has up his sleeve.
0: So what do you do when you get a warning dream?
1: Well, I definitely pray. And I tell you, when you have a warning waking dream, that's doubly emphasized. So uh, I look in Scripture And I I look to Matthew 2, and I just see there are listed right there two of the most important warning dreams of all times. Without them, you know, the salvation of the world never would have occurred. Uh, And the first was to the wise men. They had been commissioned by Herod uh, to find the Christ child, not realizing he wanted them to report back to him so he could, you know, find Jesus and kill him. So verse 12 says, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And then immediately... In the next verse, 13, God's protection continued. It says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. So warning dreams are so, so important. I can give you an example of a personal one. God warns me about things. He's kept me out of so much trouble, Sid. I can't even, I can't even tell you how grateful I
0: am to you. Oh, tell me one.
1: Okay, uh, one is I woke up on a Sunday morning and I, or, or as I was waking, I had this waking warning dream and this huge, I was standing in front of my church and I look, I was facing away from the church and I look and this huge wrecking ball is coming towards the church. And because I'm standing in between it, it's coming at me. (laughs) And it stopped right before it got to my face. I'll
0: tell you what, we've really run out of time. We'll pick up with that dream tomorrow and what you did about it, because a lot of people have warning dreams. Uh, And I want to find out exactly what she did about it. But I want you to get her book, Seeing the Voice of God. Her DVD 10 Frequently Asked Questions About Dreams and Visions and the three-CD set called Twenty Twenty Hearing. I want you to hear from God in your dreams. I want you to hear from God uh, as you go about your day, and I want you to fulfill your assignment for God in this life. We're making this entire series available for a gift of $45. It's time you start hearing God from a voice of God. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 447 2697 We were talking about something called warning dreams, and you had a warning dream, and you explained what happened. Uh, tell me the dream, and tell me, more importantly, what you did about it, and then what happened.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, it was a Sunday morning, and I had a waking warning dream. That's a double combo you need to pay attention to. And in it, I was standing in front of my church, facing away from it, and I look, and there's this huge wrecking ball, and it's coming right for the church. And because I was standing in between it and the church, it was coming for me. And so it gets right up to my face, and I wake up. Well, because it was a Sunday morning and because, of course, we are pastors of our church, Eastgate Creative Christian Fellowship in Nashville, and I you know, had to be there anyway that morning. And so I jump out of bed and I tell my husband the dream and I say, we have to get there early. We have to get there and be a part of the early morning prayer team. I have to get people praying. So that's the first thing I did uh, was get people praying. So we arrive at church and I must have rushed in there like a bull in a china closet. I knew in my spirit something was about to come against my church, uh, possibly harm me in the process. And I just wanted to get the word out so we could pray it, because warning dreams are not fate. They are an invitation to pray and change the outcome of something. So we get there. The prayer team is there. They're assembled.
0: Now, now, if you have a warning dream uh, just as you're waking up, does that indicate to you it's coming fast or not necessarily?
1: You know what? That's a good question. It does. Um, And I find that since we went into pastoral ministry, we've been pastors for nine years, um, the nature, the timing of my dreams um, has shortened. In other words, I'll have a dream. Uh, The waking dreams are usually something I'm going to do something with in the next day or two. That won't be for everybody. It's not always been for me. But in this particular time, it was. It was a Sunday morning. God knew there would already be people gathered there that could pray with me. And when I got there, I grabbed... Every elder I could find, the worship pastor, (laughs) I got everybody involved and told them. Well, sure enough, that very week, we had two very key families in our church that got into a feud. There was a division that happened between them, and it was very, very sharp, Um, and it it involved their children, and people take things very personally when it comes down to children. You'll act and behave in ways you never thought you would (laughs) when you're trying to guard your children, and so... My husband and I, Chris, we really knew that that's what this situation was. Well, because we'd had the dream, I sort of was forewarned, stay flexible, keep your schedule flexible. So sure enough, we planned several mediation meetings. We jumped right on top of it and helped these two families work everything out, and as a result everything, every person, all of that, before we even knew who they were or what the situation was, it had all been fondued in prayer. And the outcome was wonderful. Love won, prayer won, they stayed. um, And it was just a perfect... And and you know
0: what I'm thinking of? The people that uh, pay no attention to their dreams, they think they're, they call them pizza dreams. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, that could have Actually, the, the wrecking ball to me says your whole church could have been wrecked.
1: Yeah, it could have. These were two very key families, and that definitely would have it would have affected me. The other thing that I uh, then realized about me standing in between these two forces, or you know, the the enemy coming against and then behind me the church, is that that's what standing in the gap is. That's what intercession is. So the mere fact I came in between the two was in itself a symbol of intercession and prayer.
0: Now, uh, you teach on so many areas that we have to hear. You teach on visions. Tell me about what is a vision.
1: Well, visions, uh, I usually get asked, what's the difference in a dream and a vision? And uh, aside from the obvious of, you know, one happens while you're awake and one happens while you're asleep, it's actually... Not that simple, because what I have found as I studied Scripture is that there are things called night visions that aren't really dreams. Uh, and so what I, what I did in Chapter 6, I discuss, you know, only only visions. And I go into the different Hebrew and Greek words that the prophets used to describe the experience they had. Um, unfortunately, after I listed them all and studied them all, I came to the conclusion they were all so similar, that it is hard sometimes to tell what happened to them. Was it a vision? Was it a dream? Um, Was it a night vision? Was it an open vision? You know, an ecstasy? There's all these different clues. And really, they're like Hebrew synonyms. That's what I came back around to. And when you think about it, come on, if you were to have a revelation from God and you saw something like Isaiah did or like Jeremiah did or Ezekiel did, would you really take the time to give your readers, now readers, a a, a side lesson in prophetic etiquette, you know, you wouldn't, and they didn't. Uh, It's more a matter of what they came away with, and we must then seek God and just say, whatever one of those you want to use, do it, whether I'm waking or asleep, vision or dream.
0: Tell me, uh, let's jump to hearing God tell me how we can hear God better. Tell me what's clogging up our spiritual ears.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I usually uh, refer to this as static. Uh, and it's it's really as if, you know, you're not on the same frequency anymore. He's not silent. We've uh, established that God is never silent in Scripture. Um, and, you know, so we, we have to say, well, then why am I not hearing you? And I, I have this acrostic or an acronym for the word static, and I'll just spell these out for you really quickly. The first one is sin. That disfellowships us from God. The second one is time and our busy schedules. Uh, there's ambivalence, A, uh, because to be certain, we have a tendency to be double-minded you know, men, uh, and that will quench your, your faith. And then T, the second T is trials. Sometimes you get so overwhelmed by those that your prayer sessions begin with an immediate grocery list and you can't even hear the Lord. Um, And then I is illiteracy. The church is quickly becoming illiterate. They don't know the word. They can't stand on the promises of God unless they know what they are, and they're not. And then finally, um, you know, competing voices. And I go over in this chapter... Uh, chapter 8, all the different competing voices, there are at any one given time five in your head, and you have to distinguish between them so that you can rule out that was the enemy, that was God, that was me, and more. Um, so definitely there are things you can do to, to achieve 20 hearing, you know, as I call it. And there are going to be times when, yes, you're still fuzzy and you're like, okay, God, I'm going to keep praying. But in the end, God is not a God of confusion, and he will answer you.
0: Now, you, you have dreams, you have visions, you understand them, you hear God clearly. Uh, if I was to force you to give me one mentoring advice, what would that be to enter this field?
1: Wow. I would say get hungry. You know, just be hungry for more of the Lord. And when you ask for more of the Lord, Those two words are so dangerous, more, Lord. When you say that, be ready to give him more of your schedule through time on your knees. Be ready to give him more uh, of your nighttime and just say, Lord, I'm going to sleep, but my heart is awake listening to the voice of my beloved. When he brings a dream, give him more of your faith and really pray about it and ask him to help you interpret and then give him more of your feet and be willing to you know, have not just an obedient heart, but obedient feet to act out what you see. That really is it. Just ask him for more and receive it when it comes.
0: Now, tell me what you call snapshot visions.
1: <laughs> yeah, those are uh, those are little, little quickies. Uh, you know, you could even be sitting with someone in conversation and you'll see something and it will just, in a way, interrupt the conversation, and yet they'll never know it.
0: Uh, let, let me tell you one that I have frequently. I'm speaking to someone, and all of a sudden, I see myself arm-wrestling with that person and I figured out what it means. It means that person has a religious spirit and they're going to argue with me. And that has bailed me out so many times when I have that snap vision.
1: You, I tell you what, that's great. That is exactly, that's exactly it. And I have had that happen to me so many times, not the arm wrestling, but because we are also pastors, uh, and my husband is very pastoral, and i 'm very prophetic, so we 'll be sitting in a counseling meeting and let 's say it 's a marital counseling session and the and the The husband will be lying through his teeth, and I know it, and I can either i 'll see a spirit or i 'll see something over him and My husband knows me after thirty years of marriage, he knows me well enough to know when this is happening, and that I am on the edge of my seat to say something. And if it's not the right timing, he'll reach over and just grab my knee. <laughs> he'll be like, just wait just a minute before you release it. We don't want to lose them, honey. So definitely timing plays a part in this, uh, along with the interpretation. But those snapshots, you know, they come in handy. God will often give them to you right when you need them for who you're with.
0: Okay. Tell, tell me about this someone is listening to us right now they have to make a decision they've been offered two jobs which one do i take how would you pray what would you do about it
1: i would immediately um, ask the lord you know which one and then i would wait and ask him to show me signs to confirm things through his word and i would not make a move until he answered one of those uh, a lot of times, my husband says, let peace be your umpire. He'll say, go where there's peace. But what I often find, Sid, is that if I refuse to move until God uh, moves or answers, one of those situations will take care of itself, and it will die out.
0: Talk to me a little bit about hearing God's voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, John ten twenty seven says, My sheep know my voice, so we do and can know God's voice. I do have some skeptics sometimes that say I I hear everything I need to hear by reading the Word of God, and of course that's in Scripture too—that you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But God isn't a one-time author who wrote a book and retired. You know, He's still speaking. And so there's the, when you see that word, uh, word, in scripture, you're going to see two different uh, Greek definitions for that word. One is, or two different Greek words, one is the word uh, rema, which means the spoken word, and one is the word logos, which means written word. So both are important. We should never leave, uh, lead a either-or life. We need a both-and life of hearing God and reading his word to confirm what we've heard.
0: Now, you heard something last night or during the day that uh, you wanted to speak. They're called words of knowledge. What, what is a word of knowledge?
1: Mm. A word of knowledge is one of the First Corinthians twelve faith gifts, one of the nine gifts, um, and it's basically when you know a, a piece of information that you wouldn't have known otherwise. And I'll give you a quick example. Uh, One time many years ago, uh, I think it was 20 years ago, I was on the telephone. A telemarketer had called me, and and he was selling me a particular phone service. And I felt like as I was listening to him, I was also hearing the voice of the Lord talk to me about this man. And he told me he had marital problems, particularly he told me, uh, God told me that this man had had an affair And so when he stopped his little spiel, I asked him some of these leading questions, and I led right up to, have you had an affair? And he said, he was a Muslim man, turns out. He said, Lara, are you psychic? (laughs) And I said, no, but I speak for God when I tell you that he wants to be intimately involved in every step of your life, and he will bring you peace but you must receive him as Jesus, you know, Jesus as Lord and Savior. And minutes later, he was praying with me to receive Jesus. And so that is an example of having information that is entirely supernatural. Uh, And I find that prophetic evangelism, which is an example of what that was, those go hand in hand when you use prophecy and a word of knowledge to help bring somebody to the Lord.
0: Well, I want you to speak what God has told you to speak right now. Mm.
1: Okay. Well, as I have been praying, uh, I really strongly felt, uh, and I'm going to, uh, there were some names that I heard, and it was exciting to me because I felt like there was some direction to go, and I just want to mention these names and then pray for these uh, people. And then we're going to pray something for everyone after that. But the specific names that I heard, I heard them very clearly, Sid. I heard the name Amy. Elizabeth, Paul, Marcus, Stuart, Oliver, Paula, and Callie. I heard those eight names, and if and I want to pray for people with that name, those names. Now,
0: well, well you know, in my production team, uh, two of the five people seated here. You named them.
1: Oh, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I want to say to the listeners that if two, if, if uh, those names are not your name, your name isn't in that group, then you might know someone by that name who you need to stop and pray for. And I even heard, and this was the third thing, that in that list of eight names, one of your readers, some of your listeners uh, may need to forgive a person with that name. So let's start praying I feel like.
0: You know, now that you said about the forgiveness, say those names again.
1: Mm hmm. Amy, Elizabeth, Paul, Marcus, Stuart, Oliver, Paula, and Callie. And I. It could be your first name, second name, whatever. Uh, but I specifically <clears throat> felt like the Lord wanted to, I needed to impart a blessing to them. So we're going to do that first. Father. I thank you in the beautiful name of Jesus that you love your children. I pray if there is someone listening right now by that name who is not your child, that they would know this day you have called them out and that they would say, Lord, I receive you as my Savior. Holy Spirit, come in and baptize me and forgive me of all of my sins and fill me up. And that this day would be the day of their rebirth. Father, I impart a blessing of, of prosperous living to them, that Third John 2 would come to pass in their life, that they would prosper and be in health uh, in all things, even as their soul prospers. They'd be in good health and prosper, even as their soul prospers, Father, and that you would bless them in their finances, that you would bless them to be a blessing these people that I just named, Amy, Elizabeth, Paul, Marcus, Stuart, Oliver, Paula, and Callie, feel like the Lord says they have passed the sticky fingers test. <laughs> they are not hoarders of money. They are givers in their heart, and they need more so that they can be kingdom funders. They can be generous to neighbors. They can bring people in for the Lord. And so I pray that blessing over them. Secondly, if there is, you're someone not by that name, but you know someone by that name, listen to god right now he is going to show you how to pray for them and he is going to prove to you you're hearing his voice because he is having you pray something specifically for them so make sure if you know somebody with those names you pray for those people in your life and thirdly if in one of those names that is somebody you hear that name you hear that name and you know it's a person you need to forgive there's a feeling in the pit of your stomach And you just think, I just don't want to hear that name anymore. I'm telling you, there is an opportunity awaiting you. Forgiveness is like, it it lets you out of prison. Um, And it's often been said that bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other guy dies. So I I just pray a release, a grace over you to forgive right now. And that you would realize that the same measure in which you forgive, you will be forgiven that's a sobering thought.
0: I would like you to pray right now a prayer of impartation for our eyes and ears to be open to God.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, I I, thank you. I heard the same thing. And I also felt like I heard the Lord say uh, this morning, there would be some listening to this broadcast who have been fasting. And we are to first just impart a wave of his presence over them and over their fasting, uh, over their unanswered prayers that God would answer, that their ears, because of their fasting and because of them denying their flesh, their ears would be opened and that they would see dreams and visions even that would bring them the answers and the breakthroughs that they need. I also believe the Lord has said that as we pray for spiritual ears to be opened, that literal deaf ears will be opened. Now, I know people who are uh, deaf, they're unable to hear, they may not be listening by radio. So if you are listening to this and you know someone who is deaf, what this word of knowledge means, see, God didn't say this to have it profit nothing. What I felt like he said was, if you know someone who is deaf and you're hearing this, there is an impartation of healing right now. I'm praying over you. And just open your hands right now and receive this, that an impartation of healing is coming to you to go lay your hands on the deaf and have them hear. I pray for uh, people who have hearing loss in one ear or both ears or gradual hearing loss, whatever it is, clogged ears, sinus problems, all of that, Father. May there be the release of hearing miracles physically as you are also right now releasing spiritual healings in the in the realm of our hearing, Father, that we would have twenty twenty hearing, and I release that over you, the listener, right now in jesus name. I also had one more thing I feel like the lord is is saying, and that is to pray for people to have more uh, dreams, or as we know now is more that is more accurate because we are dreaming, pray that they 'll remember. Uh, their dreams I even I did a TV interview uh, yesterday at the NRB and afterwards one of the cameramen came up and said to me I need to remember my dreams so I prayed for him and then the next day yesterday uh, he we saw each other again and he said I had three dreams last night so I I just release over you the seer anointing the impartation to see God's voice and to receive his messages through dreams and visions and finally, I just pray the Second Kings 6 prayer over you that Elisha prayed over his servant Gehazi when he was surrounded by the enemy and afraid. And Elisha said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And lo and behold, uh, Gehazi's eyes were opened into the spirit realm and he saw horses and chariots of fire and he saw that more were with them than against them. And so I just pray over you the ability to see into the spirit realm angels and yes, even demons so that you can know how to pray. You have authority over them. So I pray that that would increase. God would open your eyes into the spirit realm, not just for dreams and visions, but for angels. And some of you will start to see flashes of light. For me in the beginning, it was as if those old, some of you may remember those cube flashes in the 1960s. They were square and they fit on the top of a camera. I would start to see flashes like that, um, and then it grew into something more. So I bless your ability to see and move in the seer anointing in Jesus' name.
0: And I say to you that you are going to be equipped to start dreaming vividly to understand your dreams, to hear God. And I want Laura Harris-Smith to equip you with her book, her DVD, and her CDs available for a gift of $45. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at one 800 447 2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural! Visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free. Our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network. ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth. Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.